When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go! There's only four words. This is Something Something Broncos. This one's for Pat! Let's go! That is the smell of There's only one person that carries the ball right here. Tim Tebow back in the system. Oh my god. Featuring Mike DeSico. And Jess Place. And Jess Place. Let's go, son! Let's go! Welcome to Something Something Broncos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You ever seen a grown man naked? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Something Something Broncos. Dropping in a little surprise for Mike Delicious. Uh, it's Jess Place, joined by Mike DeSico, as always. What's up? Hey, uh, Super Bowl... Mikey, how's it going in your house? I know, I know your stepson uh, wanted a different outcome. I think most people did. You know, like I drove to pick him up at his friend's house afterwards, and just people in Niners jerseys everywhere inside houses and on the streets, and they were all sad. So I'm sad too because mainly, can we say fuck on here? Sure. Fuck the Chiefs. Uh, fuck yeah. Up. Yeah. This must have been what it was like watching John Elway, except they get success. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And, you know, it's not stopping anytime soon is the sad thing because this was it. This was the year. Um, They have no offensive weapons except for Kelsey. It was just a down year. Mahomes wasn't Mahomesing as much as he did. Even the lowly Broncos beat them. Yeah. And, like, according to, like, whether it's advanced stats, I don't know what they are, DVOA, something – it was the toughest path to Super Bowl anybody ever had. They beat the number uh, title. They beat the number one seeds in both conferences in a down year. And to me, the parallel to the Broncos is everything can go wrong. But if you have that guy at quarterback, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And we got a draft coming up. We have another chance to find that guy. And this Super Bowl just reemphasized them as if you needed it more. How much you need that guy. The haves and the have very littles. Yeah. And then mm. the have Russell Wilsons. And then the have cap issues. Yeah. That's us. That's us, Yay! Mike. Yay. We're we did something. Team. Yay. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Sorry for that beep there. Uh, well, oh, I thought lunch. that was me. I thought I was no. beeping. No, lunch is over. Time for six oh. period, everybody. Oh, six period. I remember six period. No, you don't. No, I don't. You're too old. Yeah. (laughs) I think we had seven periods when I was growing up. We had. I always tried to get the first or or last or both of them off so that I didn't have to. For sure. Do things because I don't like to do things as a teenager and even less so now as a Oh, I have some of those kids in my class now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, go on. Tell us about them. (laughs) Um, No. They're all wonderful little dogs. I love teaching. Honestly, they're really good kids, and I enjoy my classes and my job, but we're not here to talk about that. What are we going to talk about, Mike? 
Well, you know, here's the thing. There's two things. There's a theme for this show. Would you like to have a theme? I like themes. Let's have a theme. Is how long must you wait, right? How long must you wait before you address that quarterback situation? And how long must you wait for Randy Gratishar to finally make the Hall of Fame? Linebacker Randy Gratishar, number 53, appeared in his seventh Pro Bowl in 1983, the most ever by a Bronco. Gratishar registered 224 tackles to lead the Broncos in that department for the ninth consecutive season. For the Broncos' defensive leader, quality performance is the rule rather than the exception. And after a stellar 10-year career, Randy bid farewell to football. I really considered uh, making that decision after the evaluation from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint and decided making this my last year. But it's just a, it's a competitiveness, and the hardest thing is to know when you can actually physically stop competing at a top level. And uh, I would feel I would be cheating my teammates and my team if I was just kind of, I feel I could probably play for a couple more years, but I don't think I could play at the same top quality that I'm able to play at now. Among linebackers, Gratishar was a rarity. He never used any form of vocal intimidation. He didn't need to. Gratishar's 2044 career tackle speaks volumes. No one else is even close to that figure. Having never missed a game because of injury, Randy's role was both major and magical. He leaves behind a standard by which all players can be measured. Get that finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. How about that? How about that? I was clicking around, making a new open for Christopher Hart's new show, his his draft free agency extravaganza show that is going to be right here on this very podcast network. Listen, and there it was. It was it was it was the retirement announcement from the 1983 Broncos yearbook of Randy Grant. And I'm like, is this not perfect? So I cut. Yes, I cut the whole thing. I saw you pointing to your watch. It was long, but it's Randy freaking Gratishar. Can we just give him a couple of seconds favor, of a Randy terrible Gratishar. podcast? Yes. Just give him his due. Uh, middling podcast. <laughs> it's mid. It's, it's mid. mid. My dogs are barking. That's how mid it is. I just, I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm just going to let the dogs bark. Gratishar, man, it's about time. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I'm surprised. So well deserved, but seven-time so Pro long. Bowler on any other team that he wouldn't have had to wait this long. Plus, it won the iconic defenses of a decade. You know, like the Orange Crush is a legendary defense, and you know, it's just that one line in that was it Doctor Z's about column about like uh, those tackle numbers were inflated or something or. Hard to know if they're accurate. It's like watch what a load of play. crap. It's like watch tally him up. Watch There's the video play. of every game. Tally him up. Yeah. Well, even if you don't tally him up, watch the man play ball. It's obvious who he is. You know. Has there been another instance of a Hall of Fame player inflating their stats somehow? Like it's not even him who was inflating him. It was it, who yeah. who would who would be nefarious enough to to do that? To be like, oh, oh. no no, we're gonna sneak this this uh, this pleb. In as though he's someone special when he's a seven-time Pro Bowler. Are you kidding? Well, and also it's like you look at somebody like let's say Alex Singleton. He gets big tackle numbers, but his impact on the game doesn't match those stats. Gradishar's impact, regardless of the stats, was enormous and huge. And watch the tape. That's all you got to do. You'll see who he was. Talk to the people who played against him, his peers. They'll tell you who he was. So. All this nonsense to keep him out was just nonsense.
It was nonsense. It was yeah, Ray Guy got in before Randy Gratishard. That's how ridiculous it is. Yes. But, you know, those Raiders, you know, like the Cowboys and Steelers, you just get in. Not anymore, but back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah, not anymore. You know what's interesting is uh, listening to that um, yearbook. I, I recommend it. It's on It's on YouTube. It's like, it's like there are like these seminal uh, years in Broncos history, and like 1983 is one of them. And, uh, and, and 1972 is another one. Uh, there's, uh, you know, 2012 is another one. So there's, there's like all these like seminal years. It's like kind of fun. Like if you want to go back and like, just kind of revel in Broncos history, go back and look at those yearbooks on YouTube. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, but one thing that, that I didn't even think about was right. Okay. So you had Randy Gratishar come in in the seventies and then he retired in 1983 uh, that's all, that's uh, Carl Mecklenburg's rookie year. So yeah. we had that linebacker, that stud linebacker from the seventies right on up till God. When did Mecklenburg stop? Like ninety something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of spoiled. We were kind of spoiled with the with the linebacker position. Oh, for um, sure. Well, the thing that I find that interesting, I wonder if he retired because he said in that clip. Uh, you know, I could still play for a couple more years, but not at the level. And I wonder if he's just like, I'm tired of playing for this franchise. They don't have a quarterback. They're never going to get a quarterback. And then he's, you know, retires, drinking his morning coffee one day, opens up the paper. Broncos trade for John Elway. Well, shit. Maybe I should have hung around for another couple of years. Well, he and Elway played that last year together. Oh, they did. It was his rookie they year. Did. That's right, 83. So I'm sure they met at some point. Okay. We'll edit that part <laughs> out. Because I, for some reason, no, I'm leaving it in. We're we're done editing. We're going to leave in the gold. Editing is for losers, first of all. Editing is for losers and people with time. And I am neither. No, it was the '83 draft class, and for some reason, in my mind, that was '84. And so, to both of our listeners, one of whom is probably asleep, I apologize. (laughs) The other one is drunk and unemployable. Yeah, the other one is just like, (laughs) like their phones on the other side of the room and they don't want to stand up to go over and like turn this crap off. So yeah. they're just listening to it. I've Which, been there. I know yeah, what it's you. like. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's great. Gratishar hall of fame. Yeah. Finally, finally so, time, you know, our identity with the hall of fame for so many years was we're screwed. Nobody, you know, we can't get in. And then we've had Elway, TD, Shannon, champ Atwater. Gratishard, Zimmerman. Zimmerman, get in. Um, Floyd Little. Floyd Little. Bolin. Is there somebody we're missing? Is there somebody you're like, okay, we got Gratishard, now we have to rectify this mistake. Who is the next Bronco that you think could or should make the Hall of Fame? It's probably going to be Mike Shanahan. Um, that's uh, that's the realistic one. Yes. You know, and, and arguments can be made uh, for Lionel Taylor if you really, really want to go far back. Uh, arguments can be made for... Um, Dennis Smith, uh, Louis Wright, um, Carl Mecklenburg, um, Von Miller is a shoe in for sure. He's going to make it, um, uh, eligible this year is, uh, Demarius Thomas and Aqib Tlaib. I I don't think you know, I don't think, yeah, it's It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. They're Um, the most beloved players in Bronco history and they're in the hall of fame of our hearts, Jess. Fair enough. <laughs> but I don't think either of them are Hall of Famers as much as I love both of them. Who? What do you think? Who do you think should? should go? If you had to go, if you had to give three, who would you? Who would you say? Well, Shanahan is the most obvious one. Are you talking about players who are currently eligible? Yes. 
Uh, we won't go Vaughn. Vaughn's a chew yeah. in. And- Shanahan, for sure. The fact that Bill Cowers in and Shanahan isn't is that East Coast Steeler type of bias that is prevalent. Well, oh, oh, well, if you want to go there, I mean, Dan Reeves should be in too. I mean, he Dan went to four Super my- Bowl. Marv Levy got in. He Dan lost Reeves. four in a row. Yeah. And Dan Reeves. Three different franchises he got there, right? Uh, Two. But he was he didn't, he didn't go with the Giants. He made well, he did go as a player with the Cowboys. So yes. I guess that counts. And so Dan Reeves is number two, and I think three is Louis Wright. Um, your Carl Mecklenburgs, your Dennis Smiths are players to me like Demarius and Akeeb, Broncos legends, but not Hall of Famers. But Louis Wright is an NFL legend. He's he's that good. But I think it's uh, it's Reeves and Shanahan. I would I would make a case for Carl Mecklenburg. I I I love the Mac. I think- the Mac, you got you got to go. You got to go with the Mac. It, I, the Broncos don't make those Super Bowls without the Mac. You know, they say one of his you know best attributes was like there's games where he played all seven positions uh, in the front seven. You know, he lined up all seven positions, which a handful of people have ever done and probably could do. I wonder if something like that hurt him in that like he was never like great at one position, but he was really good at a lot. And, you know, the Hall of Fame is about who's great, you know? Who's not just good. It's the Hall of Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Really Good. Yes. And I love Mech, one of my favorite players of the 80s. But I'm not sure he meets that Hall of Fame standard. Well, you can always find players that don't necessarily belong. Oh, that's that, easy. Like that, there are exceptions to the rule that I, make it. Like Ray Guy, I would, all, I, I will, I will defend, uh, I will, I, I will defend every Bronco with the well, Ray Guy got in. Like clearly, you know, a punter. Well, and the thing is, it's weird. Like if you look at his stats, you know, they were good for the era now, but in the modern context, they're like not that good. You know, it's like how you look at like quarterbacks in the eighties. Like, oh, he threw for three thousand yards. He's a dynamo. And now it's like. That's it. Three thousand. So you got four throw for at least four thousand now. So anyway, he's another one of those ones where stats have changed. People are bigger and stronger now. Wait, I have something to share with you. So please do. So right after, uh, right after uh, the announcement came out, the Hall of Fame announcement, uh, people were up in arms over uh, no over Antonio Gates not being a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, me being the bitter bastard I am, I tweeted out that. If uh, Shannon Sharp had to wait, uh, Antonio Gates can can get in line. Yeah. Um, and and then there was some pushback, which I thought was interesting. I, I people people don't seem to remember how influential and important to the position that uh, uh, that uh, Shannon Sharp was when he retired. He was the leading tight end in the history of the NFL. Everyone who is better than him came after him. He was the one who basically like right now we talk about how like the running backs are, are undervalued and, and they're, they're kind of disposable. And like over time they've kind of degraded in value. It's because the tight end position has been elevated so much to the point that that running back is not as needed as it once was. And that is all due to the groundwork that Shannon Sharp laid. And so I, I just, I can't believe that people would be like, oh, Shannon Sharp, he ain't nothing. He's nothing compared to Tony Gonzalez and, and you know, all these other Gronkowski. And it's just like, they all came after him. He's the one, he was the trailblazer that said, hey, tie a big athletic tight end can catch the ball. Yeah, he there is no uh, Gonzalez or Gronkowski without Shanahan, another one there, showing everybody how Shannon Sharp could be used and how that can affect the game. And let's not 
forget the fact that, you know, you said Shanahan, excuse me, Sharp retired with all the records. And so maybe Gates' stats were better. But Shannon Sharp also retired with three Super Bowl titles. He did. You he know, did. That, that, that shit matters, you know. It matters. And, yeah, Gates is a phenomenal player. He is a Hall of Famer. I don't think he was a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer like uh, LaDainian Tomlinson was. It's not an outrage. It's not an outrage that he didn't yeah. get on the first one. No, because he's going to get in. Will he have to wait three years? I think it was three tries before Shannon Sharp got in. And so will yeah. he have to wait that long, do you think? No, I bet you get to next year because I think mm-hmm. next year's class isn't that strong. Like the only one where I'm like, yeah, they should probably definitely get in, what I think was Adam Vinatieri. Other than that, you have a lot of like the first year eligibles. I thought there was a lot of, yeah, he's pretty good. I don't want to remember him. But the only one who really stood out was ironically a kicker. Um, so, yeah, I think he gets in next year and he deserves to get in. He should get in. But Sharp had away for three years. So, like you say, it's not an outrage. It's not a travesty. When these people get all high and mighty about their Antonio Gates and they forget the glory of Shannon Sharp. Like watch your, watch your YouTube videos and and remember how great he was. He was amazing. Yeah. And you know, the game has evolved and shifted since then. Cause like we're talking about when Eloy was a quarterback in the eighties throwing for 3000 yards per year, that was like the benchmark. That was, you're not a good quarterback unless you do that. Now it's 4,000 yards. You got to throw for 4,000 yards. That's, that's what a good quarterback should do. And the same thing with tight ends. Tight ends caught like 30 balls, you know? They didn't catch 1,000 yards. They didn't go for 100 catches like they do now. So, Well, we can't have them stealing balls from the flanker. Can't have them stealing balls from the fullback. No, sir. <laughs> there, used to, there used to be a time, kids, where a fullback was drafted number four overall in the draft. They were fullback, important. Fullbacks were drafted that high in the 80s, in my lifetime, fullbacks were that valuable and so the game changes and yeah so um these guys travis kelsey gronkowski you know they just would have been blocking tight ends slow receivers type then they exist because shannon sharp allowed them to exist he walked so they could fly and he walked so antonio gates could sit down and shut up for one year before he gets into the hall of fame yeah hum- here humble yourself homie come on well it's i imagine it's not antonio gates who only seemed like a good dude it's the Chargers fans who think that their opinion is relevant to anything in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I mean, come on. You're a Chargers fan. You've had generational quarterbacks with Fouts and Rivers and Drew Brees, and you've Ryan done nothing. Ryan Leaf. <laughs> and the only one that's even taken into the Super Bowl is Stan Humphreys. You guys should be embarrassed what you've wasted. You've had everything. You had Rivers, Gates, and Tomlinson in their primes at the same time, and you did nothing with it. Nothing. You had Junior Seau in his prime at the, the same time. Now, they did win an AFL championship back in the day. No, well, that was when they had like Lance Allworth at receiver. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I'm forgetting the quarter, their quarterback, but that's okay. That's I'm okay. Talking, I don't need to the modern era. I mean, the greatest quarterback in Chargers history is probably uh, Johnny Unitas' corpse that one year, right? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were you were like 14 that year, 1968. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like his old, his old, his old knock and knees uh, yeah. in Super Bowl three couldn't get him over. And they're like, you know, you know, the Chargers could really use you. <laughs> you need to go someplace warm and just sit by the pool, Grandpa. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we should all, all right. be so lucky. So, you know, let's go ahead and do it. Who's our quarterback next year? Russell Wilson. Really? 
That, uh, you, there's been some whispers. Some some. Are you for this or against this? And do you think it's a possibility, or they're like, no, no, guys, we're totally going to keep him. So if you want him, trade us the fifth round draft pick. I, I I'll, I'll take whatever we can get. Uh, the problem is, and, and again, it's, it's kind of like this masochist kind of streak I have within me. It's like, we, we made our bed, let's lie in it. Um, and it, we're, we're, we're going to have to pay him anyway. Why not just keep him? I mean, it's, it's, we won eight games with him. Well, the, the reason for seven that seven games is- and then. Stidham won one, but yeah, he's he's not the long term answer. Everybody agrees on that. But and we're so, stuck. We're stuck yeah, for a long term answer. If you keep playing him, you don't get to that long term answer. The long term answer is another year or two years away. So the quickest way to get to a long term answer is to cut 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 him loose and move on, despite the salary cap. Yeah, but it, that point. doesn't mean that you have a long-term answer just because you cut him. It just means that you you are you are further you're, hobbling yourself. You're starting. You're starting the process. The process can start with him. How you can you can you can sign a scrub quarterback regardless of Russell Wilson's status. Like, do you think Gardner Minshew won't come because we have Russell Wilson? No, but Russell, but Gardner Minshew isn't the long-term answer either. I'm saying, let's say we draft JJ McCarthy, number twelve overall. Is his development helped or hindered by Russell Wilson being there? And I'm not talking about the mentoring stuff, but if Russ is there, is it one of those things where you start the veteran and then JJ's not getting the reps or JJ has a short hook because, well, let's just put Russ in there because he's the veteran hand and then he doesn't get those reps to develop. I'm like, if you're going to go in with a young quarterback, burn the bridges behind you and go all in on the quarterback. He's your guy. I'm already exhausted having this conversation. We're going to have this conversation every week till April. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Every absolutely. week. And each week, I expect you have a different answer on who your quarterback of the choice is. <laughs> uh, uh, well, right now, I'm going to say that Russell Wilson's back under center. Uh, yes, J.J. McCarthy would be great, and then you'll need someone to start f- before him. You can't Stand let up. him play right away. I don't know why that is, but that's conventional thinking, and and uh, you know, I, 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 I'm more than happy to parrot whatever I hear. Uh, however, uh, there was a mock draft that had Drake may, uh, falling or go the Broncos trading up to getting Drake may, in which case he would start right away. Uh, but th- I don't think that's happening. Like I, I don't, with all the quarterback hungry teams that are ahead of us, I, we would have to mortgage the future past and present, uh, <laughs> well, saw- to move up to get him. I saw a uh, mock a mock trade where the Broncos essentially gave up three first rounders to go up and get uh, Drake May. Um, so it's like this year's first rounder. So I really consider it two first rounders because you still made a first round pick this year, but you give up twenty five and twenty six. I think it was a second rounder, and then we get a third rounder back. Do you pay that price, or are you like I'd rather have JJ McCarthy and two firsts, or a Derek May, Drake May, excuse me, and no firsts? I don't. I don't leverage any more picks in the future. Like we have seen what happens when you do that, and it's not pretty. And so I, I'm not at all eager uh, to go out and start doing that some more now that we finally have a first round draft pick. Like, yeah, to do I, I, that with 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 as bare as the cupboard is, there's just it's just not in our best interest. We need we need to take our lumps. We need to lie in the bed that we have made. And suffer through it so that we can get back to base level, so that we can we can build from there. 
So I, I agree. We have to, I'd rather have the draft picks. I agree with you completely. So my thing I want to ask you about there, she said, you know, we got to, you know, take our lumps, all of that. Um, is it better for the long-term future of the franchise to start Jared Stidham? Say we draft a tackle in the first round or a edge rusher corner, not a quarterback. Is it better to start Jared Stidham and tank out at three and 14? Or is it better to go with Russ and try to get to nine and eight and get into the playoffs? Isn't it better to be like, again, in the situation, if we're going to like sleep in the bed and take, we made and take our lumps, then let's take them. Let's take them all the way down to the first or second pick in the draft. Well, I think that if you start Russell, you, you probably have every opportunity to get that high draft pick. I, I, the you, the, you the fact right. of the matter is you're going to have to pay Russ either way. You're going to have to pay him. We're gonna, so why not play him? Like, you, you know, we all have to like deal with the emotional trauma of the mistake that we made. Like, let him shoulder some of the mistake. Like, you, we're paying you this obscene amount of money. Go out there and and win us some ba- some, some baseball, some football games. And um, do you think he's more sufficiently humbled playing for the Broncos or being the number two quarterback in Philadelphia? He will eventually be like he was this year. <laughs> he will eventually be the backup, regardless of what happens. So yeah. I mean, he is he is following a trajectory, and whether it's in Denver or or the Steelers or or wherever else, the Raiders, uh, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I don't think to to him or I mean, it, he's already settled in Denver. Like yeah. I, I, if I was him, I'd be like, all right, well, shit, let's, let's do a little restructure action and, and maybe make, try to make this work for at least one more year. All right. So my final question on this topic, then give me your pain scale. Broncos lose to Josh McDaniels. Broncos lose to Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson signs with the Raiders and goes two and zero against the Broncos. Where does this rank on, on there? Uh, losing to Josh McDaniels. That hurt. Um, losing to Nathaniel Hackett, that doesn't hurt hardly at all because everyone knows he's a moron. So, <laughs> so I, eh, what are you going to do? Um, and then lo- losing to Russell Wilson with the Raiders, um, I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't feel real, and so I can't put myself in those shoes yet. Yeah. We have to find out what we're doing with uh, with Russell. Yeah, that would it would suck. Because we'll, we'll all be like, oh, we can finally beat the Raiders now. They have Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then he inexplic- inexplicably drops a 40 bomb on us, you know. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's exactly that's the, what we do. As former Broncos love to come and just ring us up. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are, if they're backups or whatever, they come in and, uh, you, you know, if you're if you're Kyle Orton playing with the Chiefs or, or Javon Walker playing with the Raiders, it does not matter. I like Javon Walker. He was a good. He was a good player. He was kind of one of those underrated guys that you kind of forget was on the team. But like Brandon Lloyd, I know, yeah. No one thinks about or and Jabbar Gaffney. Like there's another. Jabbar Gaffney one. was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's but the, there's just kind. Of, it's what happens when you are a middling team is that those stars just kind of fade from view because it wasn't anything that no one wants to relive any of those games from those seasons. Yeah, I mean Brandon Lloyd was here during the. Uh, Kyle Orton years and then got traded halfway through the Tebow year. He could have stuck it out a couple more months. He could have had Peyton Manning. Yeah. So like Randy Gratishar could have had John Elway. He didn't know. He had an opportunity. He but, did know because I remember I had it wrong. He was here one year. Well, but that first year, you, it, so again, I urge people to watch that 1983 yearbook because 
Um, it talks about Steve DeBerg coming in and playing and, and, and John Elway getting benched and Gary Kubiak, who was also a rookie in 1983, uh, coming in and playing and winning. And, um, I, for some reason, I guess they played the Seahawks like four times, like three or four times they lost to him in the playoffs. And then I guess they played them twice. I, I, for some reason it said three or four times, but so it makes me think that they played three times. Yeah, I mean, like, like Elway's rookie year, we played the Colts twice, and they weren't a divisional opponent. Yeah, the NFL used to be weird. They just didn't, like, they're just, they're fine. They're like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's time for Jess's favorites. We're Googling 1983 season. Season Broncos. Okay, so do they did they play? Did they play the Seahawks three times? Let's see. Let's just see. Let's see. Uh, one, two. No, it's two. So it was two of three. They didn't play him three times. I don't know why the video said that, but maybe you misunderstood because you know you had your finger in your ear, Jess. You don't know where it's been. It's it's true. So we were at okay. So at the Kingdom at Mile High Stadium, and that's it. That's was it. there a yeah. crappier stadium than the Kingdom? Uh, Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. But as far as like those 80s domes, you know, you had like in Minnesota and Houston and everywhere. It was any of the Astrodome? That's another one. The, the King Dome was the worst of them all, though. I always felt it. You look at highlights from those and it's it's like dark. And yes. Like, it, 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 the, the, it looks it looks like bad, like uh, uh, insulation or something on the field. It's not it's not trying. It's not even trying to be grass. It's like neon no, it's, green. It's like they have like um cement and then you know how you can like spray like spray on grass seed like they'll put like on the side of highways like, yeah it's that color it, it it's like, like grass it's, it's like spray uh hydro seed green yes yeah <laughs> and i don't know i mean I, I seem to be the only yeah. one but i hated those old uniforms of the seahawks too i love their new ones and so just watching them there in those uniforms was just i just hated those jerseys those entire uniforms i don't like their new ones i like that i, I like their like 90s them. ones like the the ones from the oh, 90s no the, 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 the early ones, 2000s like sean alexander yeah those were cr- oh that shade of blue was awful i thought it was i like oh, it i thought no, it was good no god sorry i think the seahawks are like my, my favorite non-broncos jersey in the league maybe in league history i love them i'm gonna slap you right in your penis i am we're not gonna we don't talk kindly of the seahawks on this show oh just their, just their laundry nope Nope. No? Nothing. 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 You know, this wasn't uh, explained to me during orientation, so I didn't know. It's actually in your uh, employee handbook. Your something something Broncos employee right. handbook. Yeah. You know. It's it, it should be on the iPad that we gave you because we are a first class organization. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where our playbooks are, and um, you know, rather than rather than give you a book full of paper, I gave you uh, a volatile and non biodegradable lithium battery. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, our commitment to the environment. My iPad. Can you send me a new one? No, I actually taped a hundred dollar bill to the front of your iPad, and uh, I can tell that you didn't do any you reading. Marcus because you Marcus rustled me. It. You I did. Marcus rustled me. I did. Son Sorry. of a god. Yeah. Uh, that's it, Mike. We're done. We're at thirty-four Are minutes. We, Holy God, it's been a long done time. A score prediction yet? Uh, score prediction. Uh, it's a tie. Tie until be, I think it's gonna be fourteen to ten until August. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we've got exciting things coming up. We've got we've got free agency and the draft and the new league year and schedule release and new uniforms 
and they're going to announce uh, Ring of Fame inductees. I bet we've got one or two uh, happening this year. And uh, oh, also the Broncos raised ticket prices because why not? Why not? Well, you know, Walmart sales aren't what they used to be. They're only making, you know, $30 billion instead of, you know, $31 billion. And that money's got to be made up somewhere, Jess. I think I saw uh, they've gone up 20% in the last two years, which makes me really happy that I let go of my tickets. Russell (laughs) Wilson, this is your fault. He did this to us, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, well, for Mike DeSico, I am Jess Place. For Jess Place, I'm Mike DeSico. And, uh, yeah, uh, like, subscribe, wherever you get your your podcast shenanigans. And uh, remember, pot pie. Silence, you funny fool!